Salutations! Woo! And Ow! welcome to the 55th episode of the In The House podcast. Yeah. The official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am over the moon, yeah. overjoyed to yeah. be here today. Uh, full disclosure, I'm an employee of Louisville City Football Club. Anything that I say is my opinion only and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Louisville City Football Club or any of its affiliates or sponsors. Let me ask you something. Yeah. So you say this. Yeah. Like, your opinions are your opinions, yes, right? In and no way does it reflect the opinion of the club or no. sponsors or anybody like that. And, and I say not necessarily because it might be that what I'm saying Well, so what I'm going to ask you is, yeah. have you ever gone into work the next day after we record and somebody been... Have, have somebody... Have you ever walked in somebody angrily like, what are you talking about? You know what you're talking about. Like, somebody who listens to the show... Nobody listens to this show. Okay. So that really puts me in a okay, good position yeah. for that. No, um, uh, no, nobody's ever said, you know, <laughs> you, you really, you really shat the bed on that one. Like right. that, that hasn't happened. Uh, but I just assume that, uh, that they don't care. Even those of them who do listen, Probably uh, don't really they care. Just, yeah. you know, so that, that's that guy's opinion. Yeah. And that guy's opinion, as we covered last week, means nothing. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, no, um, nobody's ever really been frustrated with me about anything that I've said. Okay. And if I, they have been, they haven't shared it with me. Uh, I spend, like, an hour a week with any of the players or technical staff. And so those guys who we're actually talking about mostly on the show, mm-hmm. um, those guys don't have a ton of opportunity to be like, Evan, you're really dumb. Uh, <laughs> but they, they might be thinking it, but they also, they're the ones who really know that my opinion doesn't matter. So... Uh, no, I haven't had any issues with that as of yet. I've always been curious. Yeah, no, nobody, uh, nobody cares that much. And not as in like, hey, you can't. What are you doing? You can't say stuff like that. But like, hey, your opinion is dumb. No, nobody's nobody's specifically said that. But then nobody's also said, uh, hey, your opinion is great. So well, you know, I just assume that uh, those of them who do choose to listen, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a very small number of people okay. in the office right. uh, that actually listen to this podcast. You all have stuff to do. Well, they they do, yeah. So they're well, they're yeah, very I mean. busy. And, <laughs> they're very busy and important. Uh, but you know, I don't know how you're doing nearly this much talking until I've welcomed you in. Yeah, I'm sorry. And so I'm gonna welcome you in now so that you can fully join this conversation. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring on my partner now, who is coming to you live tonight from a nude beach hey. on the majestic shores of Lake Erie, Yeah, just outside of Cleveland, <laughs> Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, welcome on, buddy. Yeah, man. You know, I just wanted to, I just wanted, sometimes you just have to be free. I understand. <laughs> you just have to be free. Especially in Cleveland. In Cleveland. I mean, if anywhere, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to put it out there. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Uh, a notably uh, beautiful location. So Yeah. What? <laughs> sure. I'm sure there are nice parts of Lake I Erie. Bet, well, this one's pretty nice. Okay. I have a lot of people yelling at me. Well, sure, because it's not actually, it's not a, nude actually a nude beach. It's, I've just made... It purely is nude because you are nude. I'm very much a um, ask forgiveness. Not permission. Instead of permission. I get it. guy. And that... It's just how I live my life. Totally makes sense. I'm fine with it. Um, man, we're coming off a win. Yeah. Uh, and and easily the most complete performance of the yes, season. Absolutely. Uh, everybody everybody was 
on point. You come away with a win, everybody's feeling better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing how reactionary uh, fans we can be yeah. because we go in a week from losing in a, on a heartbreaker mm-hmm. uh, to winning in a cakewalk mm-hmm. and uh, the entire mood around uh, Lou City fandom appears to have just loosened up and yeah. uh, everybody's like, well, you know, maybe we yeah. hey, I don't know, maybe. So it's, it's tough. Uh, I did it was reach like out. that last year, though. I mean, it was. It's like that every year. That's that's how soccer fandom <laughs> yeah. is. When you win, you're great. When you lose, you're terrible. And there, and when you draw, why didn't you win? Like that's basically the attitude of the fanhood. And I mean, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I know that I come off as very cheery and optimistic on this show because I generally am, and the results have generally borne that out. Yeah. Uh, but. Even me, I mean, you know, after a loss, you're you're asking a lot more questions than you are uh, given statements of fact. Like, well, yeah, we're gonna score this many goals, and we're right. gonna everybody. You just you, you take everything with optimism, mm-hmm. but uh, grains of salt, and sometimes a salt lick. So you know, we are where we are. Uh, let's. We don't have a guest tonight. No, it's just us alone. No, again. it's us on our lonesome. But I did reach out to a guest that we will have on soon. We discussed it, I think, two weeks ago that we really needed, with all of the anecdotal evidence that you and I had about this yeah, team. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. That yeah, yeah, yeah. occasionally it's nice and important to have somebody on who can offer you more analytics. Yes. Uh, more of a uh, inside the numbers kind of look at uh, how the season's going. Heat maps, heat maps, heat maps. Heat maps, uh, advanced metrics and statistics. Those are all things that you and I are not wonderful at. No. Uh, but fortunately, we have a friend of the show, Austin Buchanan, yeah. from Tracking Forward on uh, on Twitter. That guy was uh, cool. And he will be joining us again here soon. He was out of town Good. this week and couldn't join us. What was he doing? Uh, I, he said business, and I, I think if I remember correctly, he's an attorney, so I'm, I'm assuming it's something uh, cool. Okay. Uh, but no, it's it, it'll be good to have him on to really discuss sort of the, the meat and potatoes of what's going on inside the numbers. Right. Um, <clears throat> He did leave me with one tasty nugget oh. in his in in our brief text dialogue about hey you want to come back on the show and he said uh, yeah there are some concerning numbers about our shots that's it so that's 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 the teaser that I'll give for when we have Austin back on and we've talked about that though we have and it, I don't know but I don't know if he's talking yeah. about the quality of shots I don't know if he's talking about the Accuracy, quantity of shots yeah. I don't know if he's talking about the, the result of the shots or the result of the lack of taking shots. I don't know where he's going with so that So he number. just dangled that out in front of us. Yeah. And it's like, maybe I'll see you in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it'll be this coming week or the week after, but sometime in the near future we'll have Austin back on and he'll cool. set us straight with the numbers. Because, I mean, we can go and look at, you know, the, the base numbers that were given by USL and by yeah. some of the... You know there are. I mean, on, I could look that up. I'm sure, crap, you know. there are there are websites that you can go to where you can get some form uh, frame of reference for the numbers. Mm. But having somebody with a mind for that who's already good at looking this stuff up and being yeah. able to put it in its proper context is helpful. And so, Austin, we look forward to having you back on the show. Uh, thanks for getting back to me today while you're on a busy road trip. But that does leave us all by ourselves, and I think that there's only one place to start, especially when we're on our own. Flip that bad And that's boy. by flipping a coin. Flip so let's see what we boy. got tonight. Hey, it's Tails! Tails it is! So that means uh, we're going to start with a game review, 
and the game review in this instance will take us all the way back. We're recording on a Monday night, which is yeah. unusual for us. But with the busy week ahead of soccer, yes. I wanted to uh, get out in front of things and maybe give people something to listen to before mm-hmm. they get into their uh, mm-hmm. get into their soccer week. Uh, so, but right now our game of review will be the game we played against Birmingham Legion Man. FC. The first game that we've played that was a repeat opponent. Yeah. So barring a playoff appearance, a playoff matchup, or a open cup matchup with Birmingham Legion, we are done with them for the year. That's it. Uh, they beat us the first time out, two to three, in the weird weather game you know, where we yeah. played at eleven in the morning on weird. a freezing cold day. It was like three degrees outside. Yeah, it was nasty, gross. and they and uh, it was we took a lead, and they immediately jumped back out on top of us, and uh, it was it was a nasty game. Yeah. Uh, this game was not that. This game no. we we were in pretty firm control of throughout. This game felt more like. Watching this game, I would think to myself, this was what was supposed to happen when we played him at home. Yeah. Yeah. It was because a- we were, like you said, we were playing in weird conditions at a weird time. And again, there's something to be said about not routine, but, you know, being in a comfort zone mm-hmm. of playing on a Saturday night. Yep. And then you switch it up. Guess what? No, we're it's Sunday morning. Also, yeah. it's freezing. Also, also there's no one here. There's no one here. Yeah. So I think I feel like this is the way that game should have gone. That's fair, and uh, it's definitely the way I would have preferred for it to have gone, uh, because we can't have nice things. Nope. Uh, the game did start on a brief lightning delay, so there was like fifteen <laughs> minutes of uh, Andy Griffith's show, as yeah. has become the norm for uh, BKI when we are in a uh, weather holding pattern. Um, you know, I don't know how that throws teams off their rhythm or whatnot, but it didn't seem to affect us this time. No. We came straight out, uh, controlled the action early, had a couple of opportunities in the first like few minutes, yeah, uh, and then real early still in the game, uh, ball played into Magnus at the corner of the 18-yard box. He goes left, two dribbles, and then just freaking buries Six one. Six minutes in. Buries one. Yeah, with uh, authority. I, I never can tell how much attention you do or do not pay attention to Twitter. Uh, I know you have it now, and that you'll go through phases. Uh, some days it's like, wow, Andy was clearly on Twitter today. I've been trying yeah, you're making to keep up. Uh, well, um, regular Twitter correspondent for Lou City and uh, commenter uh, on Scouse's House in the House podcast happenings, Johnny Gonzo. Ah. Uh, commented that Andy should be happy that that w- that one can thoroughly qualify as a thunder bastard. Yeah, it was a it was a rocket, man. It, it was. was. He put it uh, top left corner uh, from nineteen and a half twenty yards out. Uh, just buried it with the left leg. It was pretty, and uh, it's the sort of thing. He's now made shots from outside the box in two straight games. Maggie wins the man of the match again in yeah. this game. And the exciting bit of all this is you really can feel him rounding into shape. This is going to be, I feel like this is going to be the year of Maggie. This is going to be Magnus' year. It seems like uh, it's it's rounding into looking like Mm -hmm. Magram's team. Yeah. That we sort of, uh, that the, the, the comings and goings of the offense sort of revolve around what Magram does and what he doesn't do. And he set the tone early, buries one, gives us a lead, and we've talked about it on this show that 
this is a team designed to play with a lead and to push a lead. Yeah. And uh, the guys did just that. I mean... Uh, yeah, I feel like this was the perfect example of what Hack has been going for mm-hmm. all season. Mm-hmm. It was like, this was the embodiment. It's like, and you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, this absolutely works. Yeah. Uh, got the lead on the Magram play. Uh, and then... Frankly, not that long later, you yeah. get the second goal, and this one, a beaut. Uh, Lucky Kosana being just a bear. Yeah. Uh, they the ball comes into him from I think it was from Oscar from yeah. way out wide on a long ball played deep into the box. Our favorite non Lou City keeper, who is a delight and a joy, Trevor Spangenberg. Comes out, but not far enough, then retreats. So he got caught in no man's land. The defender had nothing. Yeah. Uh, it just looked like Lucky overpowered him, outmaneuvered him. He outthought him. Every little thing you can do to he a stayed defender. On and that's what you want to see when you're that close. Yeah. When you're that deep and set, stay on the ball. Do something because it's going to go in. Well, and that's that was the great part about it was this was a long ball played in. And uh, Lucky did just enough to have that ball drop straight in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you get a little lucky about defensive positioning. Maybe it takes a glance. It was hard to tell if it if it maybe caught some defender to fall down to. But mostly it just looked like Lucky made a really nice play in the air, had the composure to stay settled, and then just buries it. Yeah. Which is what you want a big-bodied forward like Lucky Kosana to do. Yeah. And uh, shoot, between Lucky and Magram, they they were just making habits of scoring, and goals, scoring goals in games lately. Yeah. Lucky looks really comfortable that deep in the box. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even that he's comfortable. Like, he wants it. He wants to be there. I mean, think of the other... Who did we play at the last home game? Uh, the last home game? Not last home game. Yeah, the last home game. Uh, the last... Because we played Swope in the game before that. The game that we lost late. Right. And then uh, prior to playing Swope, mm. our uh, most recent game was up against... Uh, Memphis. Memphis 901 FC. Yeah. yeah, he did something very similar. He, he he's he's made a habit of making good runs into yeah. the box. Anyway, I remember he got he got his goal against Memphis by uh, juking right, juking left, from and then Abdu, playing the ball yeah. Yeah, on that nice uh, run from Abdu into the corner. Yeah. But what we can really take from all this is that uh, Lucky seems to be feeling more and more comfortable. The last four or five games, he's really looked like uh, a different player than he did in the first four or five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been exciting to watch him take the reins. Starting to look like he feels a little more comfortable playing not fully central. Right. Uh, historically, he's mostly been a central player. and So being able to have him come from out wide has been a bit of a change, and he's been dangerous the last several games. So yeah. exciting to watch that. Uh, the, the rest of the first half, it was just, we, we just felt, looked like we felt comfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got a 2 nothing lead. We'll probably score another one. Don't worry. This kid, we're not. They're not. They're not getting bias here. Right. Uh, we had a couple of nice offside traps uh, where they tried to beat us deep, and our guys timed it right. Uh, there was one real rip from Chandler Hoffman, and Ben Lunt got a big paw out. It was great seeing Lunt come oh, back. Oh man, healthy. yeah. Uh, you know, say what we shall about Brian Holt's effort against uh, against Swope, but Ben Lunt is clearly the starter on this team. Yeah. And uh, so him being healthy enough to get out there and give us 90 minutes was huge. And uh, he really only had to make the one big save, but he made it uh, look really pretty comfortable, even though it was a nice rip from Hoffman. Uh, I think they put a a ball off the bar. Yeah. 
late in the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, those were the only two times where I even felt like, oh gosh, and uh, that we've made a habit of having to say, oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was not much of that in this game. It was it was comfortably controlled. Uh, not having Nile or Paolo in central midfield, I thought might be a problem going into the game. I thought that Napo played really well in his first extended He's fast. action. Super he fast. He, he clearly was keeping guys off balance, yeah. and uh, I have it from Mario Sanchez uh, that the team was really thrilled with how he occupied attention and let Magram work. Mm-hmm. That that meant that Magram had a little extra space because there were people having to pay attention to the yeah. speed of uh, Matoso. And so it, while he wasn't on the ball a lot in this game, mm-hmm. the times that he was on the ball, he looked dangerous, uh, like the speed might matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he wasn't, he didn't lose his man. He let, yeah. the ball, he let the game come to him. When you got a young player in his first extended action, uh, having to play central midfield yeah. uh, for a team like Lou City that, as we've talked about, needs its central midfield to play well to look dangerous, he played very well. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't think that there was anything spectacular about him, but the most spectacular thing was that he looked comfortable, and that's that's the most vital thing that he can do, uh, letting Speedy have some time and some space yeah. to work with the ball and uh, not having to not having to freak everybody out about what we're going to do in the midfield. Speedy and Magram did their business, and the rest of the game, who cares? I saw that guy in Kroger one time. Which guy? Napa. Aw. I know. He's so nice. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm thrilled to hear that. I saw him one time at work. I feel like that doesn't count. Does not, that not count? That's not the same. Okay. It's not the same. Not the same animal. All right, so really pleased in the second half. And then let me just say that uh, the other bit of this is Luke Spencer, huge difference. Makes a huge difference being out on the field. Uh, He's just so calm and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you can feel his presence. He made some really nice runs throughout this game that also helped create space. He didn't get fed every time, and it wasn't quite like the Swope game where there was a ton of open gaps for him to exploit down the middle of the field. But what he did drew the defense away and let us pick and choose out on the the edges. Francis and Jimenez played really nice Mm -hmm. games. George Davis, quiet, but, you know, good to see him get back out there, get his legs fully under him, play play real minutes. uh, and I thought Luke, what he did besides just scoring the goal, and it was a perfect run and a perfect ball from uh, Frano into it. Was it Frano? It was yeah, into him where he put just puts it home. You know that's and that's what you can fully rely on Luke for, just for being the difference maker. Yeah, even when he's not scoring goals, like you feel his presence on the field. And it made Abdu when he came on for Luke. I thought look even faster because mm-hmm. the poor defense has been trying to bruise with uh, Luke Spencer for 65 minutes, and then you've got to deal with Abdu's speed. And I thought, I thought that if the game had been you know 120 minutes instead of 90, I think Abdu would have uh, poached one or two. Oh yeah, because uh, he came on and looked looked threatening, even though we weren't really trying to go forward much no. at that point. So. Uh, really happy. I thought we created four or five other chances we could have scored, but the real difference in this game, as we have talked about, is uh, that we finished the chances we did have. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead of having 23 chances on goal and converting two of them, we had like nine and put three of them home. Yeah. And so you just feel better at the end of the game because when you have chances to score, you score. And we only gave them two or three real shots. And they didn't convert on any of them. So got a clean sheet, which just feels good. 
needed one. Yeah. You know, just yeah. needed one to feel like, you know, the defense is settling back into itself. Uh, really happy with how that mm-hmm. turned out. Uh, the the win puts us. Uh, Magram got the man of the match, yeah. uh, which I think is now out of ten games. I think it's seven. Yeah, <laughs> man of the matches. But I mean, unsurprisingly, no, he's been the best player on the field for us basically the whole yeah. season. Puts us at fifth in the standings. Yeah, currently, it you know it's still wonky just because there are so many you know teams that are a game ahead or a game behind or two games behind. I think that I did the math, and you know if every team that we have games in hand on won their games, Mm -hmm. uh, that we could fall as far as ninth uh, if that happened. But A, some of those teams are bound to be playing each other, so they won't all be able to... You know, I think that realistically, if you just put everything even, I think on a uh, points-per-game basis right now, we're sitting at like seventh, and uh, you can live with that. You know, it's not... It's not where we want to be. This team has never failed to finish in the top two. Right. I think that we're primed to maybe have that happen this year for a third, fourth, fifth place finish. But, you know, I also won't be at all surprised if we find a way to go on a four, five, six game you streak know, yeah. and just put ourselves right back in that conversation. No team's running away. That's the nice bit no, is uh, no. that New York and uh, New York and St. Louis and Tampa yeah. up at the top. None of them are just like, oh my God, they're piling up so many no, points. New How York, could we ever? New York and Tampa have twenty points right now, and on nine games each, I think. And we got sixteen on ten games. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if they each put themselves at twenty three with their next game uh, and leveled it with us, then that means we're you know what six points behind, yeah. seven points behind. Uh, and we are not to the halfway point of the season yet. We're 10 games out of uh, 34. Yeah. So I mean, we got a long road to hoe yeah. left in this season. But I think that's a really nice... Do you have anything else you wanted to bring mm-hmm. up specifically about that game? Well, then I think that's a nice place to maybe transition into a game preview. Yeah. Because St. Louis is one of those teams that's hanging out up there towards the top of the yeah. league. They only have one loss on the season. Yeah. Uh, and it was a weird one to Birmingham. They also yeah. lost 3-2 to Birmingham. Uh, and they also have, I think, three draws on the season and yeah. five wins. Yeah. So that puts them currently in third. They're, They're always a fun team to play anyway. They are. And one of the things that's fun about them is that they've got a lot of familiar faces. So yeah. Sean not Reynolds. All, not all of them are getting a ton of minutes, mm-hmm. but uh, Sean Reynolds. Kadeem. Classic fan favorite in Sean Reynolds. Yeah. Kadeem. Less beloved because when he left, he left for Cincinnati. And uh, and also Guy Bend on that team. Yeah. So you got three former Lou City players right there in the mix. And one of Scouse's house inadvertent favorite keepers. Yeah. Gomez. Gomes. Oh, Gomes. Uh, he has not been playing. He, really? He has been the backup to Finlawson. Uh, and I imagine he will remain so. Finlawson's played very well. He's got five clean sheets already on the season. Yeah, that'll do it. They're allowing, like... I think they've allowed six goals in nine games. So the defense really standing up for St. Louis right now. And I've only watched two of their games, and so I don't know how representative this was of their season. But they're not like a classic defend and counterattack team quite, but they really don't have that much of the ball. They're sitting on like 45% possession. Really? Yeah, and so they're going to let us have the ball and make us break them down. And I think against us in particular, they will intend to break. Uh, Fink scares me as a uh, goal scorer. He's he's legit to me. Uh, I expect 
that this game is going to be a game where we have to be disciplined, where we have to keep our shape and stay, uh, stay, stay in our lane, I guess. Yeah. Uh, make let the game come to us instead of trying to force the action. Yeah. Uh, I think that when thirty minutes into the game we just start launching crosses, hopefully, that that's not our game. We should be launching crosses. Don't get me wrong. And so, like, I, I read a lot of people who are like, I hate when we're launching crosses. I have no objection to that at all. If we have started loosening them up, yeah. if we have made them, if we have started drawing them out of position, out of their shape, yeah. that's when you want to start having the balls from Francis and Oscar come from 60 yards out and you hope you catch the guy on a run. Yeah. Uh, but it has to be after you have started beating guys to the corners, after you have started allowing Magnus and Nile to do their work in the middle of the field, uh, and after you've let Luke sit on some guys and Abdu run by some guys. Uh, that, to me, is when that becomes an effective ploy. Mm -hmm. If that's your only plan, then good defenses can just sit back and head balls out of the box for 100 years, right. which we have done. Like we have forced teams into that, where they like, I don't have any other solution, let's launch balls. So what do you think wins this for us? I think what wins this for us is patience and discipline, which has not always been a hallmark of our teams. Uh, I think that I can easily see a scenario where we win this game 2-1 mm -hmm. by continuing with our plan of attack. Small triangles in the midfield... Either play the ball to the corner if it's there, or try the through ball down the middle if it's there. Uh, and then cross the ball from the corners with uh, either overlapping runs from Oscar and Frano, or on just you know straight up George and Lucky beating guys to the corners. Uh, and then try to hit your guys in the middle of the field. But you do that long enough. Mm -hmm. And whether you get goals from it or not, it makes teams respect it. And so they're having to man mark you instead of zonal marking. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can start shoving balls in. Uh, hoping that you catch a guy napping, hoping that your guy gets better position on the inside of a, on the inside of a long ball. Uh, and so in my mind, I can see a 2-1 win where they catch us on a half break. Yeah. Where it's, you know, three on five, yeah, our guys got back, but maybe they're out of shape because we gave the ball up in the midfield, something like that. Uh, but we get one goal on something special from mm -hmm. Oscar uh, or from Magnus or yeah. from, really, those are the two that I would look to do something special. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one goal on just, you know, sheer repetition and uh, continuous pressure where... You, you slip a ball through to maybe an Abdu as a sub, and yeah. he can and he can poach one towards yeah. the end of the game. And I can see a way we win like that. Right. I can also see a way where we lose, you know, two nothing by giving up on that launching balls without yeah. having earned it. Right. And uh, so I can see a two nothing loss like that. Uh, it's this game is going to require some discipline and uh, require everybody to stay with their roles, stay with their jobs. And that, that's going to make it exciting. Mm. It's Military Appreciation Night. Hey, there you go. And so uh, you're going to be able to see uh, anybody with an active military ID or yeah. a retired military ID will be able to get a free ticket to this yeah. game, up to 500. Uh, and frankly, I've heard rumors that uh, if we hit that 500 mark, we might be able to squeeze out a few more. Probably. So, but, you know, if you're interested and you've got that, uh, that ID, you know, 
log on to lucity.com or call 502 lucity and they'll take care of you. But it's St. Louis. As of right now, as of about 20 minutes before I got here, I checked the weather report. At game time, mm-hmm. 81 and clear. 81 and clear. It's supposed to be beautiful. Well, it's supposed to, during the day, it's supposed to be kind of miserable hot. It's supposed to get up to 89 that I'm day. I'm fine with that. But at game time, at 7 p.m., 81 and clear, which for the players, that's muggy and exhausting. Right. For viewers, that's just lovely. Yeah. That's just completely nice. Yeah. Assuming you're not wearing one of those full Lycra costume suits, uh, that's just comfy. Or were you thinking about wearing one? Maybe. No? Okay. Did you, you buy know. a purple one? You don't know. Right uh, on. I like it. Uh, no, it should be it should be gorgeous, gorgeous yep. weather to come and take in a game. St. Louis is a great rival. I know their fans are awesome. They are, and I already know they're bringing at least eighty. Mm-hmm. So there will be at least eighty St. Louis fans in the park, and that's that's a real number. Yeah. And I've heard rumors from their fan clubs that it could be upwards of two hundred, uh, depending on uh, how some things shake out. One thing is they, like us, and we'll get to this in a minute, play an open cup match. Yep. And uh, so I, I think that you know enthusiasm for the team could be very high and people yeah. suddenly decide to come. Or it could be kind of low and people decide, you know, maybe I don't need to go to that game. Uh, but So there's some last minute ticket buyers we're waiting for. From how Columbus, but deep is their bench? Like how deep of a team are they? It's a good about? team. Uh, this is a team that can, I'm expecting much like ourselves, that they'll run out some of their younger players who don't get a lot of minutes yeah. in that game. Uh, and I think it shouldn't affect them very much. They've got some 17, 18, 19-year-olds on their team. The one, I forget his name, uh, the blonde, I don't know. Okay. 17 years old. Yeah. I was like, man. Yeah, having some having some young blood with the club yeah. can help. Uh, I expect them, I don't expect that fatigue or injury, barring, you know, horrible things happening in their game against Des Moines Menace. Yeah. Uh, barring anything bizarre happening in that game, I don't think that we should come into there like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be healthy and fit and they're going to be exhausted. Like, yeah. that's not a thing. It makes me feel good that... We're but we both be coming off of yeah midweek Wednesday night games yeah. so we'll, yeah and so yeah the USL league match this week uh, will be St Louis and I'm expecting you know a really good game and it'll be a nice litmus test it'll tell us sort of where we really are I thought that the Tampa game was the first one we've played this year where you go where are we yeah and then I think this is the next one where you can take take stock. And really try to think, eh, okay, we've had some lumps, we've had some injuries, we're going to be getting healthier for yeah. this game, uh, let's see what we look like. Uh, and so I think, I don't even particularly, I always want to win, I don't particularly care if we win in terms of my opinion of this team, Right. but I do care that we play well. Like, I don't mind if St. Louis plays really well and beats us. I do mind if we just don't we, play well. We don't play well yet. and look disjointed. That would bother me. How much? What would you feel about? How would you feel about a draw? Completely fine. Yeah. I think that, frankly, I think that a draw would be a good result for us right now. Yeah. Uh, because we don't fully know what our team is yet. Yeah. We just don't fully know, and I think that we can't know until we see the guys who are really going to be playing for a full year. Uh. I don't have news to report about this, but 
Well, oh, I'm not moving on to that. Uh, I'm, uh, we're not quite to purple stuff yet. No, I'm saying I don't have news about to report on the game either. Um, but I do have uh, some roster speculation. Really? Yeah. So, I'm trying to decide how much of this was actually, you know, for public consumption. Because it's stuff. Uh, we talked last week. I am. I'm careful, treading buddy. lightly right now. We talked last week that we thought that uh, Hubbard might be uh, available, and okay. I think that he probably would have been on the bench if uh, if uh, Lunt had not been available to play. Okay. And so I really expect him to be either in the starting lineup or on the bench in the U.S. Open Cup game. Okay. Because my understanding is that he's very close. Okay, okay. Uh, and that he's been ramping up his participation in practice. That's that's what I'll say is that uh, and right, let's delve a little into Open Cup before we transition back to uh, the St. Louis game. Okay, we're going to take a quick diversion. Here. Right, uh, we play a midweek game as we just referenced against Reading United AC. I've never heard of them. Well, they they're actually kind of a historic franchise of American soccer. They've been around for a long time. Where are they at? Uh, they're Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, they are they're they've always been a good side. They've been PDL for the last couple of years, and now they are USL League Two. Okay. And uh, they, I mean, so it's a small club, mm. but they've got a lot of kids with a lot of talent. They just got a two-one win last week in their first Open Cup match, or two weeks ago in their Open Cup match. Uh, for the first round mm-hmm. uh, against uh, Lone Star, Lone Star, Junior Lone Star, that's it. Junior Lone Star. Uh, which I know nothing about. Uh, but they actually kind of struggled in that game. Uh, there was an expectation that they would do very well in it, and instead they just did fine. They got by <laughs> with a 2 1 win. Uh, for clubs of that size, and especially for the age group that they're in, which is mostly like recent college grads or guys who just wanted to start playing pro soccer. Um, I always think they can respond one of two ways on a big road trip against a much bigger, more heralded team that's supposed to beat them. They'll either come out guns a blazing. I'm my hair's on fire. I want to prove myself. I'm as just as good as you are. Damn it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you guys are nothing. We're awesome. Uh, and they can come out like that and sort of punch you in the mouth mm-hmm. early with speed and uh, maybe some raw technical abilities mm-hmm. where you really have to stay technically right. sound. Uh, or it can just be entirely too big for them. They show up and are overwhelmed within, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, the game that we played against uh, the Rough Riders last year, I think we won 6 nothing, something like that, uh, was was sort of that, where where you showed up and it was just like, well, this is, it's great that you guys have come here to play, but this is not a game. This yeah. is this is a tune-up for us. Uh, but, I mean, I really don't know. Reading has a long history of being a perfectly good team. Uh, they've got players that I'm reliably told by people I believe okay. are, uh, are worthwhile talents to keep an eye on, guys who have a big future in American soccer. Okay. And so uh, I'm not just chalking this up as one of those, because we've had games that have gone both ways in the Open Cup, where we, yeah, thought, we thought, hey, this will be a cakewalk, and we really had to fight. And games where we thought this one might be tight, and we end up blowing the doors off of them. Yeah. Uh, had a 9-0 win that sticks out. And, I mean, you know, I hope that that's the kind of game we see. 
But you can bet your bottom dollar we're going to be playing an unusual lineup in that game. Uh, I think that you can feel completely confident. Because in the Open Cup, you're only allowed to have five players out of your 18 Mm -hmm. who are not American. Five out of eight. Okay. Five out of 18 (laughs) non-American players on your roster. Ben Lunt will not be on that roster. Right. Like, it'll be Brian Holt and... Hubbard or Hubbard yeah. and Brian Holt for okay. the keepers in that game. Uh, you will probably we got to get some damn rest for Magram, and he's not an American. Magram has basically played every minute of every game. I say basically, I'm not sure it's not literally every minute yeah. of every game. Uh, Magram, he's I, I would be shocked if Magram plays in this game, and he's been the best player for our team this year. Yeah. Uh, you've got some obvious American choices that you would expect to be on the field, especially along our back line where uh, Taylor Pay and Sean Tosh, yeah. uh, you would really expect to be in the game. I'd like I'd like to see us get some rest for Oscar Jimenez, who has definitely played every minute of every game. Uh, and that's where you can get Pat McMahon in the game, uh, probably playing out as a right back instead of as a center back. Uh, Sean Francis is an American. He's Jamaican and American. Yeah. He does not count as an international. Uh, I would expect Sean to stay in the game. Uh, but then you get into some tricky questions because it's guys like Luke and George who are coming off an injury, yeah. who are American, but also they're veterans, like deep veterans. Yeah. And you're not sure you want to give them tons of minutes right. uh, in an open cup match against kids who are trying to prove themselves. You know, maybe maybe you'd like to be able to leave them out of the lineup, but that means most of our upfront options then yeah. are not American. You're talking about Abdu. You're talking about uh, uh, Lucky. Uh, you're talking about Sonny. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I am not positive about some of our uh, delineations. I don't know if Sonny or Napo have American citizenship or if they do not. I just don't know. Uh, uh, I would expect Nile not to play in this game. Uh, but he right. did just have a game off, so maybe he's ready to rock. Uh, it'll be an unusual lineup is all I'm saying. I bet that some of the deep bench guys we haven't seen, especially the deep bench Americans like yeah. Jeff D yeah. and Pat McMahon, uh, will get into this game. Napo played well enough that I think maybe you use one of your international spots, even if you have to, mm-hmm. to get him in the game. Uh, and then you let maybe Niall play in place of Magram. Uh and then it's tough. I mean, but yeah. Jeff D is uh, Jeff D and Pat McMahon are two of the guys that don't get a ton of minutes. What's that I Jeff's position? Being. Jeff is really a central midfielder. Now I don't know if that is more defensively oriented or more attacking oriented, but I know he's a central midfielder. So I would bet that you see him as like the six. Yeah, it's my guess. Uh, but he might be playing up in a partnership with like Speedy. Because Speedy is another guy that maybe you bring, you let him play in this game. Because here's the thing about Speedy and Sean Francis. They are both Jamaican internationals. Mm-hmm. They're in the player pool for Jamaica. That is a problem when we talk about this summer's Gold Cup competition. Yeah. Jamaica's qualified. And we could miss them for a lot of games. Like... Upwards of like four, five, six weeks if Jamaica's doing well and if they stay on that roster. So you might try to be milking some minutes out of those yeah. guys now in the expectation that we might lose them for a while later this summer. Yeah. 
I don't know the answer to that. I'm just listing it as a possibility and that anybody looking at schedules and roster construction could make that leap. Uh, so, no, nobody's come out and said, hey, Evan, have you seen this starting lineup? It's crazy. But nobody also has come out and said, hey, don't worry. We're just going to we're gonna, you know, play the hits. Here's a name. Okay. Here's a name. Okay. Elijah. Ew. He's an American. He that hasn't gotten any play. minutes. He would be a fascinating choice. As a 16-year-old, uh, I have a hard time imagining him starting. But I have, I have no hard time imagining him in the 18. And especially if this game's going the way you would hope it goes. Yeah. Uh, I could see them trying to get him some minutes, get his feet wet. Yeah. Uh, so it'd one be, of those like 70th minute subs or 78th minute subs let's really see what happens. yeah let's, let's see how he does and then he scores six goals that would be really <laughs> good that would be really really good yeah so uh, you're starting all the time yeah so congratulations <laughs> you need to drop out of high school immediately and, uh, <clears throat> so. no so that has an impact on what yeah. we'll see this week um, you hope that you know, some of these guys who maybe don't get a ton of first-team minutes chew up a lot of minutes. I'd love to not have to play Oscar and Magram and yeah, Niall and Luke. And, uh, frankly, I'd love to not have to play Frano. Uh, guys who usually get a lot of minutes. The one nice thing about the musical chairs we've played with the back line is that all of the guys have gotten some games off. Yeah. So they've all gotten serious playing time between Tosh, Pei, uh, Paco. Paco and Alexi. Yeah, they've all gotten real playing time, so they can stay, you know, sharp. But they've also all gotten real rest, and so I, I like all of that. I'll be interested to see what Hack chooses to do. I haven't had any conversations. I don't know. I'm just, I'll be curious. That impacts St. Louis, and so uh, the hope being that the guys who need to not play ninety mm-hmm. again get a chance to not play yeah. ninety again. I think at a certain point you're asking yourself which is more important when you're making these rosters, mm-hmm. right? Which is more important, USL Open or... Well, and that that question gets more interesting if we win this game. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm in no way counting our chickens here. I mean, I could totally see a scenario where we run out of an unusual lineup mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they don't gel and we get sucker punched early and never find a way back. Right. And you get surprised knocked out. Yeah. Somebody, cool. some good USL team, some good MLS team gets knocked out by a lower, lower division team every year in the US Open Cup. Yeah. There's no reason it couldn't be us. But you would hope we win this game. And if we do win it, <clears throat> the next game is where it starts getting interesting. Because right. chances are you're playing. I and the draw was today. I have I, I I freely admit I apologize, people. I didn't check to see who we would get in the fourth. I mean, in the third round. <clears throat> so you know, if it's common knowledge by the time this thing airs Tuesday or Wednesday, I apologize. But uh, whoever that would be, that's when it gets starts getting interesting because it's probably a USL team that we're mm-hmm. playing, and that means. Then you got to make choices. Yeah. Who do we want? Do we want to try to make a run here, or do are we just happy to play this game and you know get out of it healthy? We'll see. And also conceivably, you we could be playing a USL team in the Open Cup, and then that we can play that same completely possible team. I mean, it, it's completely possible. 
the the interseason tournaments like this make for strange yeah. decision making. So we'll see. Uh, in that, uh, that's all I can say. In the St. Louis game, I can say that if you take the Open Cup games out of it and assume everybody arrives at full strength uh, with a full complement and a normal-looking roster for what we know. Like, Paolo's not suddenly showing up in this game. Ownby's not suddenly showing right. up in this game. But here's the name I didn't mention, and I intentionally didn't mention it. Richard Ballard. Richard Ballard is an American. Richard Ballard has been a full participant in practice. Yeah. Richard Ballard... Maybe a difference maker for this team, both in the Open Cup and in the long run. Yeah. I doubt conditioning-wise he's ready to go 90, but if we can start inching him back into the lineup, getting real minutes, getting his getting his beak wet, mm-hmm. that would be really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. What a- and he is the one guy that I just listed off of everybody there that I can envision if he plays a good game against, uh, you know, Reading United, yeah. maybe he plays his way into the 18 against St. Louis. Yeah. And Richard Ballard is not a guy who just makes up your 18. If he's available, he's a guy you feel confident putting in. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see. Man. Complicated. It's all... There are a lot of moving parts A lot of them. Guys coming back from injury, guys going out with injury, guys going up for international duty, guys coming, you know, who aren't American or are American. You know, it's... you got two games... You want to win them all. And that's one thing I'll give Hat credit for. He, he said when he was asked, right from his original hiring, how do you feel about the Open Cup? And he said, I want to win every game. So don't get your don't get your head twisted. If they right. run the guys out there, they expect to try to win and compete. So we'll try to compete. St. Louis, what's your prediction, my man? One nothing us. One nothing. One nothing us. Cool. And is it a uh, Oscar De Paco special, or you got something else going? It's on? not. Okay. I think it's. A, I, think it's I think we get. I think uh, we get something along the lines of of something special for Maggie. Okay. Okay. On like a set piece. See, one thing I like about Danny Cruz's set piece strategy is he doesn't seem married to you're within twenty five have a rip. Uh, yeah. I would love to see one where you have Maggie and. Nile both line up over the ball, mm-hmm. have Maggie run over it, and have mm-hmm. Nile play a pass yeah. to somebody making a run. Yeah. So everybody's expecting not Maggie to shoot, and then you let Nile slip one through. You know, something along those lines. And I wouldn't be surprised if Danny draws something like that up. So. Maybe on a short corner. Okay. And, and here's here's the thing that I've kind of come to terms with. Short corners can be very effective. They are not as glorious. They are not as like exciting, but if you need some possession, if you need some time to to, sure. to put yourself together with some possession, short corner is the way to go. Absolutely, and if you've got a lead, I've got no objection to the short corner because the other team can't score if they don't have the ball. Yeah, and uh, most corners, you don't maintain possession after a corner. Right. You either scored or they cleared it, and you have to recycle everything. Yeah. Uh, so you're not having possession. If we have a lead after the 65th, 70th minute, you want to do a short corner so you can pass the ball around some more? Great. Cool. Great. Now, I'm looking forward to this game. I think St. Louis, real good barometer for yes. uh, how this team is going to be shaping up and whether we should expect us to go on a run now or if maybe we're still a couple of weeks away. Yeah. The thing is, at the beginning of the year, I would have told you that, I, that two of our five most important players for the season – 
were Paolo and Brian Ownby, and neither of those guys has been playing for like a month. Yeah. So or longer. So you know, let's 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 if we if we don't start suddenly clicking on all cylinders. If it keeps going, you know, a game where we're thrilled, a game where maybe it wasn't as good, a game where you're like, maybe almost, and then a game where you're just confused how we lost so badly, maybe that'll continue for a while. Not every team just wins every game. Right, right. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, This team has proven that it can go on nice little, like Dylan Terry told us last week. You know, we ended up, we ended last season on a 10-game winning streak. That's not normal. So, you know, maybe we find that time, that patience, that success this season. And it doesn't always have to be in the playoffs. Maybe we go on that run, you know, August 1st to the end of September, and you're going, hey, now we're talking. Yeah. And then you lose in the first round of the playoffs. Who God knows. Yeah. So, which is not something we've ever done. No. All right. So one nothing is what you got. I got one nothing. I like it. News and notes. You have anything from Scouse's house? No, because I forgot to ask. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. I sprung this on this early pod on you last minute. Scouse, Kenny, David, that's my bad. Yeah. So uh, I will say uh, that I did watch the uh, the lucky goal cam video. Yeah. It was very good. It was exciting to watch. I love that view from there. It's, yeah. it's good stuff. And uh, I'm I. I need to get some of the merch. I still haven't gotten any of the Scouse's House you merch should. yet. It's and, pretty great uh, merch. It, it looks nice. Um, yeah, I think that if there's no news from Scouse's House, news from the team is a little light on the uh, little light on the ground now. Also, uh, we've got. Don't forget about the scarf of the month club. Yeah. Or scarf of the scarves of the month. I'm not even sure you call it a club, uh, but where the. I've seen the Military Appreciation Scarf. Are they cool? No. They're awesome. It's a really good looking scarf. People are going to really, really like this scarf. I liked the International Month scarf. This scarf's cooler. Really? This scarf's really cool. It's It's got some camo worked into it. It's got some stars hidden amongst all of the, uh, the camo. It, it, it's pretty freaking sharp. Huh. Uh, I I wonder I may have just violated a sacred trust because oh, I don't no. think we started advertising it yet. Oh, but fired! It's uh, maybe, <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you right now that if they get mad at me for hyping up something that we're going to be trying to sell, well then I don't know how to help them. Right. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be fire. Uh, the scarf of the month thing is cool. Military appreciation night. If you have if you are or are retired military, are current active military or retired military, come out to the game for free. We got the uh, post-game party Mm -hmm. again at Butchertown Social after this bad boy. I had a really nice time at the last one. Man, that was fun. I had a really nice time at it. And uh, I think that this one, if we have nice weather and it's 80, and it's at the end of the game, it's 74 degrees, 75 degrees out on that patio. It's perfect. Uh, Some drink specials and... it's it was a really cool event last time. I think this time it has the potential. That game had like three thousand people at it. Yeah. This game should have like nine thousand people yeah, at absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so if the crowd at Butchertown Social is three times larger, it still won't be uncomfortable in there, but it'll be a rowdy party. Yeah. Which I kind of like after a game. Do you want to get in a bar fight with somebody? Absolutely, I do. Okay. I Jared. haven't been in a bar fight. <laughs> do you get in a bar fight with Jared? <laughs> Jared would be the perfect candidate. I could take that guy. I'm uh, so t- I love Jared, but every time I, I open up my Instagram, 
and I see a post from Louisville City, and it's the picture that they of him that they use. Oh on yeah! The oh my God, Jared. <laughs> Jared is the unofficial spokesman of the Butcher Town Watch Party. Oh my God. Um, no, the watch parties are really cool. Yeah. So I'm or not the watch party, the after party. The watch party this past week at Dave and Buster's was a good time. That was fun, man. Like I like the the deal on being able to go play the games. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. These games uh, are awesome. I hadn't played. I hadn't been to a arcade type deal like that in a very long time. Man, arcades have up to their they are game so to speak much cooler than they man. were when I was a kid. Man, yeah, yeah. Some of those games are kind of amazing. With the snowboard game was crazily challenging. It was. Um, yeah. Some some Tomb Raider. Some Tomb Raider. Yeah, it was it was good times, and then the the giant tower of beer, yeah. which we uh, which we handled with a plum. Yeah. Uh, no, the getting together with people that love watching the game. Like you, know, you got Lance and Joe Valla hanging oh, out man. within arm's reach of you while you're watching the game. Yeah. Some uh, Loose City uh, front office dignitaries in the form of Dylan Terry, Dylan Terry dignitary. Oh my God. I'm so using that tomorrow. Uh, shaved. <laughs> shaved. Freshly shorn Dylan Terry. He was uh, like a like a child's backside. Oh, uh, he uh, uh, still annoyingly handsome. Um, and then we've got uh, we had Gabe also yeah. in attendance. So you had you had some Loose City employees. You had uh, Cooper's uh, Joe office holders. Joe Woolley, uh, I saw Matt Dalton there. There were there were a there number some, yeah. of really great guests. I, I know I'm forgetting. I'm, if I saw you and you're like, "Why is he listening to me?" It's because I'm a jerk and I don't like you. <laughs> no, it's because there were a lot of people there, like 60, yeah. 70, 80 people. Yeah. And, you know, with the with the Purple family, you know, like thirty or forty of them. So yeah, uh, Joey Cecil, uh, yeah. always always great to see Joe. And so. Um, no, it's, it was just a good time. Uh, I think that when a watch party is done right, it gets to be exciting. And, you know, say what you will about the food or the service or the facilities. Uh, it was a good environment for a game. Uh, and the games themselves were a lot of fun. And, man, it's just so much more fun when you win. Yeah. Yeah. 3-0 feels good. Yeah. feels good. Uh, obligatory update on the stadium. Yeah. We have turned the corner... Okay. The steel is now rapidly approaching Scouse's house on the yeah. other side. We're very nearly done with like the the skeleton of this building. Uh, two roof panels. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're the official roof panel roof panels. If they're like the decorative, what the outside will look like, or if it's just like the support panels that right. the roof panels will hang from. I didn't get in there to get a good look, but I saw that you could theoretically stand in one of the suites or on one of the suites and you wouldn't have yeah. rain hitting you if it was raining. That's exciting. That is exciting. No, I'm, I'm amped. Uh, I'm going to announce this and not tell anybody from the front office because oh, no. I'm announcing it. Fired. Now, hey, you know, I know it's going out soon. Uh, season ticket holder event coming up. Really? Yeah, season ticket holder event, and it will be limited to the first people who uh, who uh, register. Okay. So, keep that in mind, season ticket holder listeners. We have got a season ticket holder event going on at Executive Strike and Spare, I believe. Oh. Got the bowling crew back out. Oh. Uh, you will be able to bowl with your favorite Loose City players. I can't guarantee that. You'll be able to bowl with a Loose City player. 
so I don't, want, I don't want people to show up and be like, Evan said it would be anybody I wanted, and I want to play with Paco. And there are 83 people trying to play, right. trying to bowl with Paco. But no, uh, we're going to do the bowling. It, they did it a couple of years ago, yeah. and everybody had a blast with it. The players really enjoyed it. The fans loved it. And that was, uh, you know, several championships ago. Yeah. Uh, people are going to be a little bit more passionate about it. I've heard some rumors, some rumblings, that we might have a couple of other little things set up there. It is possible. I make no promises. It is possible we'll have the VR there set really? up. Really? And that uh, you might be able to get a little glance inside the stadium. I've heard that uh, we might have some contests and some giveaways and some mm-hmm. other good stuff. But at the very bare minimum, uh, we're renting out all of Executive Strike and Spare. And uh, you'll be able to bowl with the Purple Family and some Loose City stars and coaches and front office members. So... Uh, if I am, I think I'm beating Dave Walkovic to the punch here. I think it may be being announced tomorrow, or it may be being announced on Wednesday. But either way, I may be beating him to the punch. I'm announcing it. I'm just doing it. Because this is cool stuff, and uh, this also is the reason you tune in here for the Scouse's House podcast. But when are they going to announce it? Uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday is my So guess. this won't go up, but this won't go... Till Thursday. No, we're putting it up. Why would we have done a talk about the Reading game that would have happened before it airs? I don't know. Interesting retrospective. It would be. Like, <laughs> let's see how dumb Andy and Evan are. Yeah. Uh, no, we're, we'll all ask Kenny to post it Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. So uh, he's a busy man. He can't just like post stuff well, whenever, no. all willy nilly. But I'll send it to him tonight and uh, you know suggest he either puts it up today or tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, also, I kind of like you know having Loose City content throughout the week. And one thing I'll say is that our podcasts have become more like unified on what day they come out. A lot yeah. of pods come out Wednesday, Thursday right now. Like between uh, Barrel Proof and uh, Podcast Luchador and Final Judgment and us, it's been a lot of Wednesday, Thursday. And I don't know, if I want Lucidity content, I want to be able to spread some out throughout the week. Yeah. Like, it makes sense you don't get one on Mondays. Like, if you right. Really, yeah. But starting on Tuesday, I want to sort of ease into my Lucidity week. And this week's a big one for that because you got games at Lynn Stadium, yeah. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Come on out to the game. It'll be, this is the easiest game of the year in terms of there won't be crowd. It's not, I mean, you know, it's going to be the hardcore adamantium center right. of the Lou City fan base. Uh, and that's about it. Because uh, it's not a team that's probably going to have much of a fan base that we're playing. And it's a midweek game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not, it's not as much of a thing. But which, to me, makes it a lot of fun. You're going to be able to get great seats for cheap. You're going to be able to get right up on the, on the edge of the pitch wherever you yeah. are. You're going to be able to really get the vibe of uh, this team. And so I encourage everybody to come out Wednesday night. And if you can't come out Wednesday night, or even if you have already come out Wednesday night, definitely be there Saturday. Because yeah. Saturday should be... It should be it's the... It's going to be a doozy. It's... St. Louis is just such a fun ride. Oh, yeah. And they are... It's... They are the most similar team to us in terms of their fan base. Yeah. In terms of their... The... I just feel like there are a lot of similarities. We're, they're like us without the success. <laughs> they're, like, they're like us if we, just, if we had just been okay. 
What a hey, I mean, I love you, St. Louis. I, I sincerely do love the city of St. Louis, and uh, I'm glad they're back in the Eastern Conference. I am too, so. where they belong. Yeah. Um, I was told today. I don't think that our supporters are playing their supporters in a uh, in a pre-game match, which is disappointing to me. And I'm gonna get on Scouse about if the Coopers aren't gonna arrange a supporters versus supporters match against uh, St. Louis then uh, Scouse has got to help step in and uh, fill that void because it's a lot of fun, supporter-on-supporter games. And uh, I think that you can really get to know a fan base better, and it improves the rivalry. It improves the camaraderie, too. Like, when we used to play that game consistently, it was great showing up for the tailgate in St. Louis. Like, you kind of know some of those guys, and the Luligans are cool dudes. Uh, and I, every time we play St. Louis, I say this, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again. I don't think Louisville City is what we are today. If yep. that first game hadn't where we played St. them, Louis. if St. Louis hadn't shown up and been great fans, been cool fans, but active, drumming, waving flags, singing, marching into our stadium, and it really showed us what like so- soccer supporter culture in the Midwest can look like. Yeah. And I think it gave us a template. Now, I think the Groove Machine, Cooper's, Scouse's House, the entire Purple family have maybe outdone them in the time since then and become perhaps the preeminent fan base or core fan base for any USL franchise. But at the time, I think that we needed to be sort of taken by the hand and shown. And uh, they did, and we haven't looked back since then. So kudos, as always, to yep. the Luligans for, uh, for that, because they are a fun bunch to play mm-hmm. against. I think Nelly is probably coming. You think so? I, you can't be, ever be sure, but I, you would expect him to come. It wouldn't surprise me if he popped up. No, no. How how freaking phenomenal would that be? That'd be, that'd now, be kind of hilarious. I only have one other. It turns out Nelly is a huge USL fan. He doesn't give a damn about anything else. Nope. USL. USL soccer. All day, every day. <laughs> uh, I do have one other last thing I want to mention, and that is Joe Valla, uh, who great seeing him. Oh man! Uh, and not only did I get to see him, but uh, barring any sort of bizarre or unfortunate setbacks. The triumphant return of the Golden Pipes. Really? Wednesday night at the U.S. Open Cup match at Lynn Stadium. Oh, my God. Singing the national anthem, Joe Valla. If you've never heard Joe Valla sing the Chills. national anthem. Chills. <laughs> and undefeated. Undefeated. Oh, yeah. Still to this day, never lost when Joe, uh, when Joe warms the team up, warms the crowd up with his stirring rendition. So... Gonna be great to hear uh, Joe Valla back in yeah. business. It was, like I say, nice seeing him this past weekend, yeah. and it's great to see him uh, feeling better all the time. So, uh, I don't have anything else for tonight, do you, Andy? I don't. So we're gonna crank this thing out in like a crisp 105. That's all right. Hey, I'm thrilled for us, and I'm thrilled for our listeners because this is like 20, 25 minutes less than we usually subject them yeah. to. Yeah. Well, we usually have a guest, and there's questions, and there's sure, and there's lamenting and empty justifications when we lose and we didn't lose so there was no empty justifications it was just hey this is awesome winning man yeah to quote my favorite uh, Bull Durham character Nuke Lelouch winning it's better than losing (laughs) it is it just is has anybody ever quoted 
Bull Durham ever. Absolutely. It's a classic. It's a classic. No. It no, is no, a no. comedy classic. It is. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't think... We're dealing with some serious shit here. Come on, that is... I don't think anybody... But that's like... Man, that ball went so far it ought to have a stewardess on it. Come on! I'm not saying there's bad quotes. Classic quotes. Are they, though? (laughs) I'm not... Not along lines of, like, a Lebowski. Well, he screws like he pitches. Oh, my God. Fast and a little all over the place. All right. All right? Now you're talking. Hey, if you haven't gone out and watched Bull Durham, I we, mean, we, play, watch we play soccer in a minor league baseball stadium, and Bull Durham is the preeminent movie about minor league baseball stadiums. There's your connection. That's how it's all that tied together. That was awful. Let's get out of here before I do oh any worse. God. We only ever end our podcast by saying one thing, Andy, and that is Go, Go City. City.